I have for you is a word. Tenet. Boy, boy, does that Chris Nolan like time. Uh. He loves time. You know what I'm waiting for? <laughs> does he? Um, I'm waiting for the last really small Chris Nolan like movie in his career uh-huh. 40 years from now where he's old and he's making like the small movie without a big sure, budget yeah. and it's about a fucking watchmaker or something like even then <laughs> right. like it'll be straightforward but yeah. it'll be this old guy who still believes in like making the old school sure. watches in the digital age um that's just fun. calling it right now that's you fun know, buying stock i think uh I, I you know i think you should watch uh dark on netflix that's sort of about yeah. like a watchmaker sort of not really but sort i of still want to do like that old, still old timey uh you know time right. travel that's kind of the idea cool, um cool. well so, today yeah we're we going to talk about tenet welcome to our first minisode yeah, it's the first Specifically one. Specifically geared off of one movie. Which really makes it sound like we care a lot about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, you know what it is? You know That's what it is? Take, take this in context, though. Yeah. It's it's the first new movie we've yes. had literally. on like a big screen. Literally. This is yeah. like a world event for us. Not <laughs> yes. because of the movie. We but don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not that it's not a good movie, but right. we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump into it. It's right. just not like an all timer. Well, to give give so. a, even a little bit more context uh, to start, this is a going to be a spoiler heavy mini episode. Yes. Um yes. and and I this is also why I liked the idea of this. Not everybody's had a chance to see it or may have a chance to see it for a while um, right. or cares. <laughs> but um, yeah, the other yeah. the other thing is, like, how would we have talked about it on the regular podcast? Me and you have seen it now. Um, it would have been weird to talk yeah. about it. So this is automatically a spoiler episode. And uh, if right. you plan We've on... avoided the paradox. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we totally undid everything. Um, if you uh, care about Tenet and you haven't seen it yet and you care about it not being spoiled... Please don't listen to this. Um, yeah. But uh, come back. And, you know, this will be here uh, after you've seen it. Um, you know, movie theaters are are opening all over the country. So a lot of people are seeing it. Um, we have movie theaters open as close as Orange County, uh, California, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is pretty, pretty nearby. Um, and then uh, we saw it uh, my second time, your first time at uh, the Correct. Mission Tiki drive-in the other night. Tiki, yeah. Um, which uh, I thought was a perfectly fine drive-in. I didn't have any it, major issue with it. You know, it was the best drive-in that I've been to in this <laughs> yeah, quarantine. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did a good job. Um, the sound uh, on a couple things. I mean, you're obviously more tuned. Oh, I'm going to talk about sound. The, the dialogue was a little difficult in some parts, but you know that's been the case for pretty much every Christopher Nolan movie I've ever watched and it's difficult for me to discern whether or not that's the quality of the drive-in or whether that's by design let me, because let me, really... let me make something anyway. abundantly clear like aggressively clear okay the legibility is that a word for audio maybe the, uh, well I know what it means but the, yeah, <laughs> the legibility the the intelligibility I think is actually okay. the word Okay. Um, of this in the drive-in was like a hundred percent more than in the okay. theater, meaning that you could not hear probably like thirty to forty percent of the dialogue during seeing it in an IMAX theater. <laughs> so and in the I theater, heard it was harder. I heard than- like ninety. Eight percent of the words in this movie. There was only one scene uh, at the drive-in. There was only one scene that was problematic. That um, in the theater, 
was dog shit also um, is the sailing sequence. What is um, Christopher Nolan doing? Uh, what it, is he it's doing? It's so frustrating. It's so <laughs> frustrating. And and granted, he's that, so talented. I guess you he's... could you could sort of blame you know the whole system because there's other things to blame, which is the decoding of audio, meaning from format to format, and and how yeah, but theaters he's in play. Charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the fact that what ultimately we went to was a drive-in where everything's broadcast over FM. Uh, I don't even know if yeah. that's stereo, truly, but it's yeah. definitely not surround sound. It's just a very, very basic FM transmission. And I would imagine that the theater, uh, the the copy that the drive-in gets from Warner Brothers is probably different than the theater version because it doesn't have all of that you know, encoding of the audio. I mean, maybe yeah. it has some, but I, I, the point is I don't really know what the drive-in does for the transmission of the audio. But in my car, my... 16 year old forerunner with totally stock speakers. Yeah. Um, I heard virtually every word and that's crazy. Why See, is it better? I, Why is it I, better? Th- this is a movie where you, you really got to focus in, which I, which I want, which I'm happy for, you know, and, and kind of everything's mm-hmm. moving really quick. It never mm-hmm. slows down and dialogue is given to you. Yeah. Dialogue is given it to you that you have to actually think about and sort of break down, you know, the, the exposition in this movie is generally, even though the movie flows without you understanding it, sure. it's generally explaining kind of the concept of mm-hmm. what we're doing. Yep. So you do need to be able to understand it. It's not just something as simple as like Bane missing a line here or there, <laughs> but being like, okay, he's going to blow something up. Right. Um, in this one, like that stuff's important. I wanted to hear it. And I had trouble on a couple things, but not a ton, but right. a couple. But, you know, I mentioned this because our buddy Chance, he texted me and he said, I had a difficult time understanding the dialogue in the early scenes. And he was, you know, like you said, he was yeah. watched it in a regular theater, which you would think the quality would be better. Um, and I do think that's – he said, you know, I'm going to go see it again. And um, there in lies kind of the problem for me with a lot of this stuff for, for Nolan because we've, we've talked about all of his – conceptual time stuff and the way he shoots his movies they're highly intelligent um in terms of just the subject matter they're trying to take on right Mm -hmm. it's a bigger they're bigger bigger ideas than what you would get in a normal blockbuster and that's good and i applaud that the problem is i don't know where i stand on the idea of this movie requires a second viewing there's no way you could possibly you know, take this all in in one sitting. I love watching movies multiple times, movies that I really sure, like. Sure, yeah. Um, but I don't know that the movie doesn't need to be able to stand on its own. I'm not saying this one doesn't stand on its own, but with a lot of well, his it's work, teetering on an edge. Exactly, that is, and, and that all is of his stuff made is so much worse when you can't right. fucking hear the dialogue. And there, and, and yeah. we're, we're we're nitpicking. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to. No, yeah, I'm going to say Ramp, we're nitpicking yeah. because we're talking about um, a, a high standard. We're holding Nolan to a great standard. It's not like I'm just saying he's just any filmmaker and now mm-hmm. I'm going to lay into him. I'm, I'm laying into him in regard to him being considered one of the top filmmakers of the, the era. And right. Yada, yada, yada. So I just I want a movie that is layered like this that I go through the first time and I'm with it beginning to end. Sure. And when I rewatch, it enriches it more. 
you know, I get more out of it. Yes. But I don't necessarily want a movie that the first time I get 75% of it, <laughs> but it doesn't stand on its own. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And I, right. I'm not just, I mean, you know, this might make me sound stupid, but I think this is a large consensus. Like, there oh, are yeah. so many people that talked about even something like Dunkirk that really just had three timelines that were running at different paces, you know, or right. different, you know, played out as if they were the same amount of time. Um, even that people were like, you know, I saw it the second or third time and I realized, oh, it's a masterpiece or something. And I hated it the first time. Right. right. I, I don't, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just different. And I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. He definitely, um, his, it seems that his MO is, uh, you know, if I can kind of, uh, subvert everything, confuse you, um, (laughs) then he, he is, uh, making what he wants to make that that equals his his desired you know effect and uh, i don't know that that's good um right, you know right. this this movie is definitely uh infinitely more complicated and i think that's really the word we used it before yeah, but like complicated not complicated intelligent. not intelligent complicated right. is uh, I'm going to keep throwing shit in here. You know, if you, right, if you, right. if you, you know, make a cake and then you add shit forever, is that a better cake? You know, it's right. like, it's just fun- fundamentally what, why? And I, I'm not saying that this has too many things to it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that it, it, it is kind of the vibe of his movies that it, it, uh, uh, it's taken to a degree that, uh, the average person is never going to, like you right. say, be able right. to do anything with that. Yes, like you say, maybe you watch it multiple times, but no one's going to do – a few fans will do that. But that's just not how movies are. Well, it's like this, is where, this should be this, a video game or something. So you, so you, you know, said this isn't else. how movies work, and I, and I like this because I, I had long argued – we started the quarantine. A lot of people were talking about what's the best movie to watch kind of in the theme of like, you know, quarantine or whatever right. people were doing like outbreak. Right. Was one that came up and, um, Oh yeah. Contagion. And I was always <laughs> arguing, you know, contagion is the best outbreak movie I've ever seen because it, I mean, it feels like something that would actually happen. Nothing's cheesy about it. It feels 100% like we're almost watching a documentary. Right. Well, a buddy of mine, Jeff, uh, said that's why outbreak is a better movie. And it, and it really gave me pause, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I was sort of, and honestly, I don't know if he was even joking around, but it, it kind of struck me as almost like a profound thought because uh-huh. movies are a representation of reality, right? I'm not saying you can't ever go for the grittiest, realest thing ever, but you know, the tools of cinema in telling a story, a representation of reality, you know, slow motion is very effective. You know, yes, time seems like it slows down. Maybe if you're getting in a wreck or something, yeah. but it doesn't actually slow down. Right. Like, right. You're using tools and you're telling things differently. Also, you know, I'm a big structure guy. Like a three-act structure is not how stuff actually plays out in real life. But it is the way we dial things down to understand them and put them in an understandable form. And so I think this also applies kind of to Nolan stuff where it's sort of like, well, this is a movie. Like, you know what I mean? This is supposed to be a cinematic representation of what you're talking about. And even if it's a big idea and a big theme, I'm not saying there's no space to play around, by the way. Like I think a lot of the great filmmakers can break these rules. But it is risky. And mm-hmm. and it makes it more difficult. And films are really hard to make anyway, no matter how talented you are. And I think Nolan is always trying to push that envelope. And I'm not certain that it serves his movies in every well, case. Sure. And, and one, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that leads us to: Are there elements of this movie that are wholly fun and good on their own as Definitely. just pieces, set pieces? And definitely, if the answer is yes, which I would tend to agree, there are there are a few. 
Um, and we could be more, we'll be more specific in a minute. I think there I think always are in his movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I guess that's, that's probably how he looks at it is, okay, well, I'm giving you these big, you know, uh, moments right, of cinema right. and, and the connective tissue is, uh, not important. And, and mm-hmm. when, when there was a lot of press a few weeks ago about sound, the sound mix being very difficult to hear, um, he kind of said, uh, you know, I don't really care. That was his vibe. Was <laughs> I just too want, dismissive for my yeah, taste? Well, extremely, yeah, but uh, like totally missing the point, you know. And, yeah, and yeah. the he was kind of like, oh, I don't care. I just want people to feel it and go and enjoy what they're seeing, and it doesn't really, you know, the, the you know. And it's like, really, a filmmaker telling me the plot doesn't matter. What the, the fuck? MacGuffin idea, like the Rabbit's Foot, Mission Impossible Three, or or any Hitchcock movie you've mm-hmm. pretty much ever watched, yep. is different from. I couldn't understand anything they said. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I still kind of get it generally, but that's different. Like a specific element is different from, Hey, the quality of this part of your film is not working for a lot of people. Even if you're really smart and you, and you dig it and you made it for just the one top 1% of viewers. I don't think any studio would back a movie that was doing that. But like, yeah, what an asshole. That's problematic. (laughs) That's problematic with what he's saying, but doubling back to something that you said a minute ago where you said he's, he's concerned with kind of, throwing a bunch of stuff at us and confusing us and turning us upside upside down. That's all good and well. And I think it takes a really talented storyteller to do that. The the problem with that is, and this is where I've never been a giant fan of the prestige, but this is where the prestige wins out over all of his movies, just at least in theoretically, Mm -hmm. just like any magician, you, you you misdirection, right? You turn their heads, Uh but then at the end you reveal the trick, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes with the Nolan movies, and the prestige did that and you actually saw behind the curtain and you actually see how the trick is made. Right. But just the trick itself uh, being revealed at the end is part of the magic. Like you can't just confuse everybody at the beginning and never have the big reveal. Right. Or, or or say, don't think too hard about this. There's a moment in Tenet that is literally the same moment as Austin powers, the spy who shagged me me. where he like Pattinson says, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of best not to think about it. Like, right. and, And I do understand uh, um, you know, th- there is a paradox to this stuff, right? Like we've always talked about this, but every time travel, we don't know. We can't really time travel. Like right, right. you're talking about something like advanced physicists and theorists and everything else. They debate and-, and Nolan has clearly done his homework and he's brought these people in. But once again, like contagion versus outbreak, you know, you still have to fit it into the movie box, right? right. Like I think like if you're consulting all these people and you've got all these incredible ideas, that's fine. But you kind of got to turn it down to the movie version of it and mm-hmm. the movie presentation of it. So we know the rules of the world. Um, even if they're a little hard to discern, that's fine. But I don't think they do. I think they throw all the dialogue at you that you really need to sit down and read. Like it's a paper yeah, on this, yeah. right? And they're throwing it at you fast and he never slows down. And I, I like the pace of the movie. Like it, you know, you don't mm-hmm. get bored, but if you're never slowing down and you're driving in a van and it's slinging back and forth and you're giving these people thoughts that the smartest people on earth Mm-hmm. debate all the time yeah and then you're saying but don't worry about it it's almost like he's trying not to get us to start thinking about it and then it brings it back to almost like why are, well, why are we getting this any is, dialogue this to is begin with? getting to the heart of i think why people don't like nolan and why we might have issues with him is that yes all, with all of the grand research it's boiled down to ah, don't worry about it and it's that's not only yeah. in the dialogue basically but it's in the responses he gives 
about sound and like, okay, I can't hear this, all this exposition. Oh, don't fucking worry about it. You know, and you're just, so to reduce it to that, it takes away all of the weight of the science. It takes away all of the seriousness of what he's trying to achieve for me. It just makes right. it into uh, stupid popcorn shit, uh, you know, and then you lose all credibility um, to me. Uh, I, you know, yeah, sure. You, you still entertain, you know, you're still entertained by the visuals, but then I just feel like a monkey. Like, okay, so you dragged me into this cage and you're right. making me watch this thing. You're not giving me any context or information or the information you're giving me is in another language and right. I can't hear it. And so I'm just supposed to sit and pay my money and watch it. And I mean, I, we're being overly, you know, dramatic and sensitive we're about laying all into of it, it. We're yeah yeah for it, sure yeah, but this is this is the the heart of it yeah so yeah, i was gonna I, actually at that moment i think we're feeling the same thing because i stand by everything we've said at the same time like in no way am i saying this is a bad movie i i'm i'm really am judging this based on okay this is the big blockbuster of the year you know or sure. this is the guy yeah, yeah, who gets yeah. to make whatever he wants mm-hmm. and also this is a person who at least when we went to the imax um, to watch one of his movies, uh, you know, they promoted it as he watched this movie a hundred times in this theater from every seat to make sure the quality was perfect. Yeah. If you're you the guy who does that, if that was actually true, and then you're also like, I don't really care. It doesn't matter if they can yeah, follow it. They don't match. Then, yeah. yeah they're, they're, I'm fine with you being all in on one or the other. I might not agree with you, right. but like that's your prerogative. Right. But doing both is really a paradox, um, as yeah. Nolan loves to present to us. Um, I, I just want to... <laughs> Mentioned. I know we've talked about this a bunch, man, but when you go through his IMDb, it, it is funny. It's just funny to me how fascinated he is with the construct of time. Right. And it's not it's not that it's not something worth thinking about. I mean, you obviously we've talked a lot. You love time travel movies. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, this, this is a thing that's on everybody's, you know, everybody lives with. Sure. But there's I think there's very few filmographies that revolve around sort of one concept told in different ways as much as, you know, you look at like a Stanley Kubrick and he's got like these chapters of his career and, mm-hmm. and there's all these tropes that he uses and everything and that's his style and everything else. But he's also like, Oh, I'm interested in this. And I did this the subject change. And then I'm interested drastic. in that. Yeah. I think all or, directors for the most part yeah, over, over like, decades. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Spielberg, you could say there's kind of two chapters now, but you could say like the early stuff for him was really just like, Stuff with just a, a huge heart and a little bit of magic, right? Uh, but it was played like out. Family adventure. I don't know. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Different genres, but that's yeah. basically what it was. And then the second half of his career has been kind of, he's almost Historical like a drama. I think he's just very yeah. much into the history of films. Right. But, you know, you can go all the way back before Memento. If you go to Following, um, which was like his little indie, you know, yeah, that kind of launched that. him or whatever. And it's, and you don't need to, but right. it's really just, it's this group that like breaks into apartments, breaks into houses. And it's almost about like the thrill of like getting in other people's places. They don't even necessarily take anything or maybe they sure. take one thing, but it's not worth a lot. But the whole time it's like the tension is they're there and someone might come home. How much time do they have? Right. Oh, so okay. it's not a huge thing until you look at the rest of the filmography, but then memento moving backwards insomnia where like a guy can't sleep. So all the time feels stretched out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's no nighttime. There's no, you can't really figure out what it is. Batman, obviously not quite the same as all these other ones, but yeah. 
even with Batman, if you go back and watch Batman Begins, man, it's all over the place in the first mm-hmm. 30 minutes. I mean, it's just bouncing. It's flashbacks. It's he's there. Mm-hmm. He's coming back to Gotham. It's been a long time, yada, yada, yada. Prestige, you know, the issue is how could someone get on stage and move from here to there? You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. a little less so, too. But And then, obviously, we've talked about Inception. We've talked about Interstellar, where time changes when you're yeah. over here or there. And Dunkirk played out in three timelines and now Tenet. Which and is just, amazing. It's a because, wild yeah, I, I love time. And yeah, um, yeah. depiction, but it, it, you know, it, it all feels like what is, what is this in service of? Because you, yeah. uh, you know, interstellar, like I like this much more than interstellar. And even though I like the visuals of interstellar more, mm-hmm. you know, as a story yeah. and how it's directed and how it's, you know, written and everything, I think this is better maybe even way better and and this is still not my favorite of his movies so like you said before we're not saying this is a bad movie but we are uh really really ripping into it um i want to talk about some specifics from the movie um and uh one of the first things before we get into plot points uh and we're going to try to keep this short episode but um is that i realized on my second viewing something much, much, much more important that I didn't really clock the first time. Okay. John David Washington, not good. <laughs> um, I I mean, obviously, yeah, he's like Hollywood royalty and he's uh, kind of an up and coming. He's a young, so happy young guy. Say this, he, and she's going to destroy you know, me for this. Obviously, his father's one of the greatest actors uh, ever, um, but uh, not good. Not a good actor. And granted, you know, there's growing pains in acting. You know, you get better and better and better. But he's also the star of this Hollywood blockbuster. Um, and uh, he's supposed to be. I think I think a lot of the conflict comes in how his character is written. And so uh-huh. some some of it's not his fault. Um, but did you uh, like him in Black Klansman or do you just not like him? I'm just um, talking about he his was performance. better in that. I've watched a lot of ballers and he's kind of more tonally you know spot on right, for ballers right. than he is for this but i think uh i think he's he's you know not as good as what we're what we're well because i told jess if she to didn't play. like him in this she was not going to like him in black Klansman. there's nothing that was going to change her mind and um, she she is going to i would love yeah i disagree with because, that because i didn't like black Klansman, but i had no problem with him in that movie i thought mm-hmm. tonally he fit into that movie really well meaning his skill set was was good for that part you know this so you're is saying he was miscast almost in like this. It, he's yes. got a certain skill set okay uh, uh, yeah absolutely and and so um so you know all of it is in service of you have to cast someone right for the part so it's a combination of him uh not being able to go beyond his you know, acting level. But anyways, in this movie, he's supposed to be, you know, he starts out as this, you know, CIA agent that's really, you know, well-respected. And then he moves into this weird role. And so there are a lot of elements of his character that are like, okay, he's supposed to be this hardcore killer. He's obviously a very good fighter and he can kick anybody's ass, but he's also like really soft at the same time. And you never get the sense that he would just kill for no reason. You know, he, he, it's very gray, but every, um, kind of color that they put on him, you know, from CIA. And then now he's this freelance tenant guy. And now, you know, Oh, and now he's the sexy guy and he's got to get the girl. And, you know, and every, every color that's painted on him is, um, 
he's not really right for it. It's just a mm. bunch. Uh, and, and there's a line in the movie where someone says you're in way over your head or something like that. And I'm like, this is exactly <laughs> how I feel about John David Washington right now is that he took this role and he obviously did a great job with all the choreography and fighting right, and right, he's right. very athletic and all these things. But I just, I, I don't buy him. And after watching it the second time, I was just like, all right, I actually think I would have liked this much more if they had a really, really strong leading man that was this charismatic and to, interesting. And he this just going to absolutely make uh, Jess's world because okay. we debated this the entire ride, oh, ride home. <laughs> like, because I was just basically like saying, listen, I was like, I think he doesn't work for you. I was like, but even if you are Denzel Washington's son, I was like, there's a certain skill set you need to have to be in different films and have some mm-hmm. kind of a claim. And I'm not, look, I'm just saying. Most of us judge acting based on, well, does this feel real to us? And there's nothing wrong with that. But also mm-hmm. anybody who's ever, you know, auditioned or been to right. acting classes and stuff, which I did some of, you know what I mean? Just like you do realize, like, there are a lot of techniques to try to master, even though it's seen, like, all you got to do is watch the ESPYs to realize just standing in front of a camera and talking and seeming like you're not <laughs> yes, standing in front of a camera impossible. is incredibly yeah. <laughs> difficult for sure, human beings. Sure. Like, it, it no, is I like, get it, I get it. so I think I'm maybe a little too forgiving on some of this stuff. Not that I'm writing home about his performance, but my argument was because Jess does not has never thought Denzel Washington is that great of an actor either. Oh, and really? that's like one of the top acclaim. But, oh, you know, but Adam feels face. this way, too. Denzel I, f- emotes uh, even when he's not doing anything. He uses right. his eyes. He uses his face. He oh, can listen, say nothing. I, and, you know, I and disagree. this guy is is gray. Yeah. He's just right, there's right. no there's nothing there. I, I mean, I, I don't, that's not something I prescribe to, but I'm just saying, like, I was telling just like the whole time home, I was like, listen, I just think there's something with him that does not work for you, mm-hmm. but saying like he has no talent or whatever. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. untrue or whatever, but this is again going to make her day. She's going to slam dunk on my head when she hears cool. this. So, uh, enjoy that one. You're yes, welcome. You're now, I'm outnumbered two to one. Um, <laughs> um I, I will say also though, you said, um, you were talking about how, you know, I think I would have enjoyed it more, you know, if, if there was a better leading man. Another problem kind of with getting something this complicated, those fights that they had where one person's moving in forward time and one's not. Listen, incredible technical thing. I don't know how they did it. Uh, All this stuff. I also don't know what that looks like. None of us do. So you could do anything. And, you know, as long as it looks weird and something looks slightly off. And and I do give them credit for achieving that. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, this is another one of those things where it's like intelligent or just complex like it's definitely yes, complex yes, yes, yes. it doesn't matter at all because there is no one who could say that's not how it would look and now you can break it down a thousand times maybe there's some special on it for 30 minutes and we'll learn this is exactly what it would look like but again you know it's not something that wows you while you're watching it any more than you're just saying oh wow they are that's, they're, yeah, they're that's complicated times. yeah that because looks you weird can't, your brain can't follow it in real time <laughs> sure, sure. in a way to actually break it down and this is kind of like when you got into that whole shaky cam era of action where you know oh we're in the action yes and i don't yeah, know exactly. what's going on is it this good is or again is it just the thing about yeah. is it a movie if it's a movie let me watch the fight because if i'm in a fight let me tell you it'll seem jumbled and i'll get punched <laughs> and that'll be fine but i don't necessarily sure. need to do that in an actual yeah. film so yeah. um this reminded me a little bit i don't know if you've ever seen the movie primer but Primer uh, no, is a actually. time travel movie that's considered by a lot of people to be the most like spot on as far as the you know right. I've, it I've yada, heard yada, yada. it's referenced that way. And you know it's impossible to break down and discern. And like it, the same problem with this, you know what I mean? Like it's like you could have people who study this and this is what they do for a lifetime, and even they are like, "Well, wow, that's a complicated movie. It's kind of hard, you know, to stay with." I 
I don't want to give these things no credit. I just I don't know that they're going to matter to an audience, at least not on a general scale. Um, yeah. I think that's the big the big issue with Tenet too. And we should say we love spy spy and sci fi. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, are like our shit. I mean, this is having a, a merger of this, like a James mm-hmm. Bond in like a Nolan world of like yep. science fiction, where there's a threat that we don't really understand. That's right up our alley. I mean, yeah. it's not like we would have gone into this being like, I'm not really into this thing. And the, and the last thing I want to say, if we're really breaking down story, I I like the ideas. I like the passing something back through time. You know what I mean? The weapon mm-hmm. we got to guard against and the two friends meeting in different directions. You mm-hmm. recruited me in the future, your past, all that stuff. Even if I don't understand it, I kind of like that idea. But the idea of this guy who was the threat being like angry at his ex and their kid you know what i mean and like ah, you don't like me you know what i mean like i'm gonna and being that much of an egomaniac i i guess a lot of villains kind of are that way but it also seemed so trivial and it seemed so childish that it almost was too much for me i don't know if you felt this way at all but i just remember being like well this guy this fucking guy like a lot of the stuff they were saying to him where they're like oh you're gonna end it for everybody because this i was like yeah that is ridiculous <laughs> like i almost felt well, like you should have been trying to gain power and oh you don't understand it you're gonna end the world rather than i'm mad at you oh wait I'm so gonna- are you are you saying so kenneth brana plays kenneth Branagh, yeah. uh the villain and his wife is played by elizabeth debicki and they're they're yeah. to me the the best part of the movie like i don't oh, care okay. about anyone else really um virtually every other character is boring um but but them too kenneth who is a great actor and elizabeth debicki is one of our great upcoming actors also um i loved them they were my favorite part of the movie um and so what you're saying is that uh the plot uh, as you understand it is that because he's upset with her is why he's doing this? No, 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 no. But okay. but like this idea of like he's going and um you know he's he definitely wants upset to be with his, her. <laughs> he, yeah, he wants to be in his last moment of you know of bliss or whatever. That's when he's gonna he's gonna undo everything. You know what I mean? Like they're all working towards that time where they're like, you got to uh-huh. keep him alive until this point because we've got to you know otherwise we'll never save the right, world or whatever. Right. And she's basically arguing you're going to end, end this for everyone. We all die, and you're going to end this for your son rather than let him live out his life. And his right. argument is kind of like, we all die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, we're going to have a good time. And to me, that was, I don't know. I guess it just wasn't, maybe I would say there wasn't enough time uh, given to that storyline for mm-hmm. me to be like, I mean, I get that you're trying to give him some kind of third dimension. Right. But it still didn't totally work for me. And um, and Kenneth Brenner, again, like, we're talking about different performers, like, Incredible performer, acclaimed, did all the Shakespeare stuff, has won yeah. all the awards you could award, you could win. I think maybe I don't love him as a villain because I was thinking about Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, which uh, uh, um, you know, admittedly, not a, not a not, very good movie, great, like yeah. and not as good as this movie. Sure, but in both ones, he plays it almost so Shakespeareanly villainous that I'm not again tone wise, I'm not positive that works. Not arguing against his talent, just saying totally I don't fair. know about that. Um and there's something else I was going to mention it's on this, but I can't remember. So so overly dramatic. All of their right. stuff together. No, I, I I mean there's no there's no arguing that. That's true. In that really... played against Washington, who is like you said, <laughs> kind of white bread. Like it's a yeah, weird. Yeah. Maybe it's the blend of the two where it's it, like um, that's that's very fair. I think okay. those those tones definitely do uh, conflict with each other. But at the same time, I just I really really didn't have a problem with any of their stuff. 
Um, but, uh, you know, nothing you're saying is, is, yeah. Let me follow up and ask you this. And then unless you got anything else, man, that'll be it for me. But, uh, last thing, picking apart story points or character points, did anything bother you in terms of just the way it was written for Washington's part where he, he is trying to save the entire world, all of existence, like through time. Right. And he was willing to die himself. Right. Like that's a that's a powerful opening where it's like, hey, you pass the test. You know what I mean? Like yeah. rather than give up. Your right, right, right. And he legitimately just cannot weigh it out and be like, well, I don't want this lady to die and her son. But if they do, I'm not giving away something that could, you know, in the world. They acknowledge this in the movie where he's like, I just gave it right to him. You know what I mean? And they're like, but at the same time. To me, that seemed such a stretch. And I know what they were trying to do. I know, like, you you know, you were ultimately, you have to, what makes us the good guys, what gives us humanity, you know, any mm-hmm. life is valuable, all this stuff. I get all that. Sure. But I still, in a movie that's this complex, um, I did not buy for a second. And it happens that like five times. I did not buy for a second that he would put everyone yeah. at stake yeah, yeah. and and seven billion people and all of time for this lady and her son, who, well, by the way, he barely knew. No, of barely course, knew of them. course, barely. Was, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why. So that's silly why to me. It. To, I, I'm not a writer, but I. I would imagine that what Nolan is thinking is that this is a romantic connection, even though that's never right. like really right. followed through with. But that there's a romantic connection between these two characters, but they don't ever. There, there's nothing there that's really ever explored or mm. significant. We are to again to believe that he is this you know hardcore agent and that he's uh, you know he was in the service and he did this and that and the other, and yet he seems very soft. And that's yeah. what I was saying earlier yeah. is that just the tone of his character and the motivations are, yeah, you know, I don't, I, they don't match to me. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know what he was going know. for, but like a lot of stuff in this movie, I didn't think it got there and I didn't yeah. think they really fully earned it. Um, right. So, and that's my last kind of, there's, last there's a it. pretty significant amount of, um, you know, analysis videos on, uh, you know, YouTube right, right now. And, uh, you know, obviously who knows what people really know or whether, you know, they're on, on, on the right page. But, um, I would say check out some of those, um, you know, new rock stars is a, is a YouTube page devoted to this kind of thing we probably talked right. about them before yep. but yep. you know he was just you know like he he introduced a couple of things that i didn't see everything everything else is more just a matter of like a- analyzing what you kind of already know to to refine right. what right. you know about it whereas he did say something about or you know he, he implies that this is fact in the story that max elizabeth debicki's son who she's so in, into saving uh is neil played by robert pattinson and ah, I didn't uh, clock that. I watched it a second time and I know, was like, I need to look for evidence of this. And yeah, I would. don't think there's a- any evidence of that, but it is, there's no reason that that couldn't be the case. But you're right back to what I hate about modern movies. And <laughs> this is in the, in the current world building state we're in. I, all this stuff is cool. I want the supporting stuff. This all started in my mind with the internet and lost where it was like, Oh, did right. you see this Easter egg? And everybody got on and they chatted afterwards. And then you've right. got talking dead after walking dead. And we're going to, and I right. get all that and we love all that. That's what we do. Sure. Yeah. But it is not a substitute for the movie working. I mean, this was the no, giant no, no, problem with last, the rise of Skywalker. I mean, there's a million right. problems with that, but like all of these things where it's like, well, if you played the video game and you read the manual and you also uh, read part of the book and you saw the comic book, and yep. then you watch that scene. It's brilliant. Well, guess right. what, motherfuckers? Like, the, that can all make the movie better 
but the movie needs to work. The movie is its own medium. And this is the same problem with adaptations, man. Great adaptation of a book. The movie stands on its own. You read the book and it enriches the movie. Like it gives you more, but nothing doesn't stand on its own. If the movie can't stand on its own, then you haven't done your job as the filmmaker. And this is not debatable to my mind. It, it act, it drives me crazy. If you and I love Star Trek and we want to spend 10 hours figuring out exactly, you know, what's behind the scenes for a Star Trek episode or a movie. That's fine. But the movie and the TV show should not require that. This is this drives well, me crazy. It's, than a, anything it's, we've a, talked it's about. a perfect uh, cap to what we've been talking about and a perfect parallel to it, which is that as the last, you know, t- 10 to 20 years have gone on in filmmaking and TV and media, um, everything's gotten more complicated, but not smarter. So uh, this is <laughs> this is more. <laughs> it's just yeah, exactly. It's just more layers, more layers, more layers, yeah. and less answers. Uh, less, yeah, exactly. Less, and and that's why um, I think we're we're we have a lot of fatigue in general as a society for the as it's called mystery box storytelling um, and weird um, uh, kind of. Uh, you know, uh, ch- chase the chase the what do you what do they call the thing in a movie? The the, the uh, MacGuffin, the MacGuffin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chase the MacGuffin oh, sure. kind of movies that don't really, uh, you know, mean anything. So uh, right. I'm right. I'm I'm kind of over that uh, type of storytelling. And this is definitely kind of one of those. Um, so I think that's, that's it is just, you know, we just want movies that are a little more on the level. Um, they can be heady, they can be, you know, intelligent, they can be well-researched, but, um, you know, just entertain us and, and let us hear all the dialogue (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Oh my God, please. But Hey, don't let us dissuade you go see it and tell us why we're wrong. Uh, you know, or, or let us know why you agree. Um, you know, there's a, the, the bottom line is. Um, there's not a terrible movie. There's just, it's very no. problematic and it's not a great yeah. movie either in our minds. Right. And, right. uh, it's definitely one that's available now to go and see. And that, uh, to, uh, film lovers like us is a big and great thing. So well, at least there's something there. This is a perfect little time capsule for us, which is that this movie is still in theaters and it's still hopefully going to have a long life in theaters mm-hmm. as more theaters open. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, what do you think the current Rotten Tomatoes scores are? uh for this movie oh jesus um that's a really good question um yeah that's why i asked it uh, 70s critics critics actually i think were saying some of the same stuff we were saying so i'll say like 70 for critics and 75 for audiences 73 and 76 Okay. Yeah, Good job. Figured, yeah, 70. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, nailed, and this is what it. I was right about everything else I said in this podcast. No. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that seems right. Look, and no one's going to ever give a Nolan movie, well, who knows what will happen, but, you know, they're not going to yeah. get like a 20. Like, no, it's no, not never. as if, yeah. like, just his just his attempts and his scope are, like, worth acknowledging. I'm just saying, like, the, the let's practical... not confuse that with someone getting there and sticking the right. landing right, on everything. Right. Like, these are different things. Like, I, same, I yeah. applaud aspiring to something, and I even rank those higher than the safe movie that does stuff right, but not I... higher than the movie that really nails it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sure you would agree with this, but the primary reason to watch a Nolan movie is that it's going to be visually interesting, Yes, taking yes. away everything else, and... He is so obsessive about practical action that it gives us some um, some really positive feeling about filmmaking is just yeah, I do you know, love he's that. such a purist. 
and there's virtually no you know obviously he does use special effects but it you know i think i think there was some news about this months ago that it was the least special effects heavy of any of his movies which by the way still meant that there were like 300 plus uh, (laughs) visual effects shots in (laughs) this movie but compared to i think like they compared it to his last movie or whatever let's say interstellar had a thousand or five thousand or whatever it is um anyways so uh yeah go check it out and and, listen that's why i'm rooting for him i want his movies to be great of course we all are we all are you know it's not like i'm looking for him to fail but um, sure but yeah so those i mean those are our thoughts um and again uh see it for yourself you know decide what you think see it a couple times probably (laughs) yeah you may need to but um yeah that's pretty much uh what i've got on tenet yep that's it it. you know what kelly it opened some of the right doors for me and a lot of the wrong (laughs) ones too fair enough fair enough all right guys well thanks for listening this has been tenet and um uh bye we'll see you at the beginning well that's from here hasn't happened yet (laughs) 